and welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. Like always, except for that one time when I wasn't, I am your host, Victoria Lynn. I don't know about anybody else, but for me, time is flying, and it's hard to believe that we are already in the month of June. But you know what that means? We have another awesome month filled with some pretty cool guests here to talk about the impact that they are having on the world. Speaking of awesome guests, to celebrate the start of Pride Month, we are joined by the first non-binary candidate to ever compete for the title of Miss Pennsylvania. To my listeners, please welcome my friend and your Miss Southeastern PA, A.K. Hazel. A.K., I'm so thrilled to have you on with all of us today. So if you wouldn't mind taking a second to introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do for your community service initiative. Yes, so I'm A.K. Hazel. I'm your Miss Southeastern Pennsylvania, and my community service initiative is Better Lives for LGBTQ Youth. And I am working towards improving the lives of LGBTQ youth to reduce the rate of LGBTQ youth suicide in our state and the country. I love that. And I know that we're just coming off of the cusp of Mental Health Awareness Month. So we've talked a lot uh, about suicide recently in the last few weeks. And so you are kind of the perfect transition between talking about mental health and talking about pride and what it means to be proud. Um, So as we are entering the month of June, and I got to say, it's my favorite month. We celebrate a lot of things this month, my birthday. Uh, Miss Pennsylvania, and of course, most importantly, pride. Um, So as we're talking about the subject of pride, what does pride mean to you as a member of the LGBTQ plus community? It means that even in the face of adversity, especially in what we're dealing with in the climate of the country right now, I am still very loving of who I am as a person, both in my gender and my sexuality. So speaking of pride, and speaking of, you know, your sexuality, for our listeners back home and for those who, you know, might not have really had the opportunity to ever talk to somebody's coming out story, would you be willing to share the story of how you came to know that you were non-binary and what that journey has looked like for you so far? Yes. Yeah, so I first came out as bisexual when I was in eighth grade. And then at 15 years old, when I was a freshman in high school, I came out as non-binary. And the process of all that was that's kind of interesting. I had spent a lot of time thinking, I was like, you know, maybe I'm just, maybe I think maybe I should have been born a boy. And for a while I was like, maybe it's that, but I also do feel on occasion that very like happy in like my body, like as a girl. And for a while I didn't understand what that middle ground was supposed to be, or if I felt like I was neither at any point in time. And after a lot of Googling and research and things, I also um, was on Tumblr and those things where they're like, here are your terms. And I was like, oh, there are other people who know what this feeling is and there is words for it. And at that point in time, I didn't know any trans or non-binary adults, but finally felt like, I was like, I've got it. It clicked for me. And that's kind of where I've been since. Um, I've been out as non-binary for 10 years, um, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but it's been honestly a really nice journey. Um, definitely more positive in the last couple of years. And now it's kind of weird just because of where we are uh, legislatively. But for the most part, I've had a pretty nice journey. I can't help but laugh at the fact that somehow Tumblr made its way to be brought up on this podcast. <laughs> I have dreaded the day when somebody would mention Tumblr as a social media platform. And I should it's- have known. <laughs> Of all the people, it would be you. Of course, you oh, bring up Tumblr. Of course, it, it definitely had to be me, for sure. Um, but it's, <laughs> that was just like, 
growing up as an LGBTQ person in like the 2012, like 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 late 2010s, that was just where you got most of your information because no one was else was talking about it. I think that's what makes me laugh about it because you're right. Like so many of us got our news on Tumblr of all places. Tumblr was the news source before Facebook became the news source. So for those of you who might not know what Tumblr is, look it up. It's a, it's a rabbit hole of anything. It's like Reddit, I guess, but better. Or like, don't look it up for the exact reasons that we just explained <laughs> for why you should. All right. Well, switching gears this week, we are looking at sustainable development goal 10 reduced inequalities. And so, of course, this goal aims to bridge the gap between racial, economic, and gender inequalities. And of course, a huge part of that gap comes for people in the LGBTQ plus community. So, AK, you're not just an educator, but you're also a coach for youth. I I know that you're a color guard coach, and I know it's something that you love and you're incredibly passionate about. So do you feel that as a society, we're doing enough to support LGBTQ plus youth? Honestly, no. Uh, which is honestly why I my community service initiative is what it is. I think there is a gap in what we want to be providing or think we sh- or think we're providing for LGBTQ youth and what is necessary for them to not only be surviving in our society but doing well in that society. Um, I I do coach color. I coach high school kids, uh, and I've had a multitude of LGBTQ students, multiple trans students that I've had the honor of teaching. And a lot of what it is that's missing, and it, it covers majority of the issues, is support. And not just in terms of supporting who they are as a person, using their chosen name or their pronouns and those things, but honestly, the resources they need to function as LGBTQ students. And I think a lot of those things are missing from their day-to-day lives and also just the accessibility to those things missing. So how have you been able to kind of serve as that middle ground? I know I work as a camp counselor in the summer and while it's a volunteer position, there's still obviously that level of authoritative um, professionalism that has to come with a role like that. And I also deal with a lot of kids who are experiencing what it means to maybe be a part of the LGBTQ plus community for the first time or exploring those parts of themselves. So how do you find that balance between wanting to empathize with these kids and, you know, obviously serve as a friend and a shoulder for them and also serving as a role model and kind of an authoritative figure? So one of the first things that I've instilled in my Colorado team is that we allow them to choose whatever uniform that they want, Uh, whatever one they feel fits them better if we have multiple options and they get to choose that. So there's no gender to anything. It is just either you're wearing the bodysuit or you're wearing these shirts and the pants and you can wear whichever one. Um, that was the first thing that I implemented and it was something that I felt very passionately about when I took over the high school program that I currently teach at. I also made it obvious to them, like I am openly non-binary and that was not part of myself that I hid from them. I wanted them to understand, especially the LGBTQ students So like, I see you and I've been in this exact place And if you need someone who understands that part of you, I am here. So I know that you brought this up a couple of times, but legislators in Florida recently proposed the don't say gay bill. And I promise you, I'm not going to talk to you about the bill. I know that you and I have talked probably ad nauseum about this bill and it's, it's all over the news. So we're not going to give it any more attention because it doesn't deserve any more attention. Um, But what kind of message do you think bills like this send to members of our community when legislators are trying to force people to hide who they are? 
the message it sends is that we don't want you here. And not just in terms of they'll they allow us like, oh, well, the kids to be kids. Like, well, a lot of those kids are very aware of who they are and are trans kids, are gender queer kids, et cetera, and part of the community. And it sends this message that not only do we not want you here, but you don't deserve to be happy here. And which is one of the things I'm I'm trying to eradicate that as a title holder and also just in my day-to-day, like I want them to know you are very much loved and someone is fighting not only for your survival, your survival, but for your happiness. So, um, you know, if you could, knowing what you know now and, and having the experience that you've had, if you could go back in time and give advice to your younger self, how could you better prepare yourself to kind of step into the advocacy work that you're doing now? First thing I tell them is that they, they have to stay, they have to stick around because it is worth it. Um, even just the idea of telling them like, hey, you're the first non-binary person to ever compete for the title of Miss Pennsylvania. First of all, they be confused because we live in New Jersey. They're like, how did we get there? <laughs> <laughs> they be like, what are we doing in Pennsylvania? But 15 year old me didn't know any non-binary people at all. The only other trans person we knew was another 15 year old. There were no adults who had, had successfully been trans their entire lives and made it and like, yo, here's what you do as a trans adult. And to go and then tell 15 year old me who's freshly out, like, hey, you have to stick around because in 10 years, they're going to be non-binary kids who are going to see you compete for Miss Pennsylvania. And like, wait, not only is someone doing this, someone competing this, but they are specifically on this stage talking about supporting me and my community and making sure that I could have the chance of one day competing here and just being happy in a world that currently seems like they don't want them around. So what has it been like competing in the Miss America organization as the member of the LGBT, or not only as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but like specifically as a non-binary person? I mean, we use the term miss for everything. So what has that been like for you? You know, what what can we do to maybe better accommodate people who are non-binary? So one of the first things that's something I get asked a lot is like your your stat says miss, but you don't use feminine pronouns or any of those things. And honestly, I think of it as like what we do is a job. We are my title, it's not, oh, like it's not specifically for me. It's like my title, my job is being Miss Southeastern Pennsylvania. And that doesn't change necessarily because I'm non-binary. That is my job title. And it's the same way I feel about honestly, Miss Pennsylvania and being like, even like Miss America, that's your job. Like that's the, not just the job, but the history of what's been here for now over a hundred years. In terms of competing, I've actually had a lot of support from the other title holders in the Miss Pennsylvania organization. I've shown up for locals and they've already gone out of their way to make sure that in the script for things, uh, my pronouns are they, them. And I haven't had to like, bring it up or if I have mentioned they're like oh like so-and-so brought this up already and it's already taken care of for you um which is something I'm really grateful for I have spoken to other non-binary competitors across the country and their station has not had that same support for them um it's one of the reasons why I think I will always compete in Pennsylvania just because it, it does make me feel at home I feel like I feel accepted there and I think going forward I think if we 
we're more explicit about the fact that we are accepting of non-binary individuals and that we should be and are accepting of trans women in this organization would be also revolutionary for the organization. I think it would also bring in a loads of people who want to be part of this organization because they see themselves being successful in it. I remember a couple of years ago competing for the first time in the MISS program. Um, and I was in the closet at that point. I had not come out. I, I had, I was terrified. And I remember thinking that there's absolutely no way that if I come out to this world, that people are going to be okay with it. And that Miss America is going to be okay with it. And it was right around that time when the Miss America organization kind of had its big character shift or, or I want to say positive character arc where we've seen this organization grow, where women like me, people like you aren't just welcome, but we're successful in this organization. And I remember for a long time being the first and the only queer identifying person to compete for Miss Pennsylvania. And now as Amanda Grace Creer likes to remind us all every single day of our lives, one third of the class of Miss Pennsylvania is queer identifying. And that's just, it's crazy to think about um, the change that's happened over the last even just five years uh, while I've been doing this in the Miss organization. So if you were to win the title of Miss Pennsylvania, not only would you be the first non-binary delegate, but you would also be the first member of the LGBTQ plus community to represent the Keystone State. If you were to win Miss Pennsylvania tomorrow, what would your year look like? I've decided I, if I win Miss Pennsylvania tomorrow in a month, whatever it is, it's going to be called my rainbow rain. <laughs> Oh I, saw, I saw it on a button at Pride and I was sitting there, I was like, that, that's what it is. That's what it has to be. And so much of that year involves going out to the community that I've already spoken to. I've spoken to a lot of queer youth over the last like four months over the last like year and showing them this is very feasible for you. It is not possible, just possible. It has been done. And it can and it will be done again. I will be, again, not just the first non-binary competitor for like title holder for Pennsylvania. I will be the first openly non-binary state title holder for the Miss America system, period. I honestly had gone over it. I was on my drive home. And as I do like interview prep in my car, um, and I was sitting there, I was thinking, if and when I miss Pennsylvania, I hit a lot of firsts on multiple fronts. I would be the, the first non-binary state title holder. I'd be the first to actually have an explicitly for the LGBTQ community, community service initiative at the Miss America level. And I'd, be, I'd actually be the first to compete with color guarding talent at Miss America. Um, so a lot of my year would be showing that representation for a community that right now feels very, is very visible, but does not necessarily feel seen. I love that. I always, I like to joke that I was the first, but I will never be the last. Um, and it's this beautiful sisterhood that we've all created. Um, I know like Amanda Grace calls us the queer queens, which just makes me giggle whenever I hear it, because it really is just this group of people. And I would be, I mean, we would be thrilled uh, if, if and when you do become Miss Pennsylvania. Um, but 
the reality that one third of the class there, I mean, there's like a, a one in three chance that our Miss Pennsylvania this year is going to be the first queer LGBTQ plus community person to take home the title of Miss Pennsylvania and then go to compete at Miss America is insanity. Um, and so that's why I think what you're doing is so important, especially as we're going into Pride Month. You know, it's important to highlight and it's important to talk about it. But for all the little girls and little boys and non-binary children out there in the world who don't see themselves in roles like this and don't see themselves, I am so happy that we've got wonderful people like you who are proving that we're here, we're queer, we're not going anywhere. Um, and also just being awesome representatives inside and out because you are God, I just adore you. And and you're one of those people that just lights up a room. And if that if that is the path that is meant for you and what if and when it does happen, I know that you're gonna have so many of us at Miss America. <laughs> there's been all sorts of flags in the audience all gonna get kicked out and be removed. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, um, I'm gonna have to kick you out and remove you from this interview right now, actually, because we are closing up shop, unfortunately. <laughs> But before I end our interview today, I've asked the same question of all of my interviewees, and you are not going to be any exception. So AK, what is one piece of advice or one thing that you would tell a young person that wants to help create positive change in the world? Pick the first cause that makes sense to your heart. If someone asks you like, oh, what should, what do you want to advocate for? Whatever comes to mind first, that's what it should be. When I was told I need to, to pick a, a platform, a social impact initiative, a community service initiative, the answer came to me so quickly because I'd already been doing it. So whatever your heart immediately is like, this is what we should be focusing on. This is what we should be pushing for change for. Start with that. I love that. I think one of the, that's always one of the best pieces of advice is a, pick your passion and B, just go out there and do it because so many people have passion and they don't go out there and do it. And so that's why we need more people like you and more Miss Americas in the world because those are the people making change. But ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, that concludes our interview with AK. But you can learn more about AK's mission to better the lives for LGBTQ plus youth by following them on Instagram at Miss Southeastern PA 2023. Learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast and at Sustainability Starts With You. Join the hashtag SysPod Nation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. And side note, I'm going to give a shameless plug. If any of you are interested in watching this year's Miss Pennsylvania competition, where you can see guests like Miranda Moore, Shannon Caddy, AK, me, Amanda Grace, and many, many others who have been in previous episodes, you can go to the appellcenter.com, find the Miss Pennsylvania competition, and you can get your in-person and your virtual tickets there. Anyway, to all of you guys who come back every week, thanks for listening. <laughs>